she got a boom now. Yeah. Rookie. <laughs> I got to do some push-ups real quick, get that pump going. I, I got to get right up on the fucking table. Yeah, me too. It's because it's all about, it's the Kyle show. Yeah. <laughs> Duh. The Kyle Schoberg show. <laughs> <laughs> do you guys want to rename it to that? <laughs> no? All right. Fuck it. I don't care. All right. We got to do the clap to sync up the uh, audio. I mean, that's a new flag if we do the Kyle Schoberg show, though. <laughs> Ready? One, two, three. One, two, three. Hey, we're out of shot fired. Copy additional shot fired. Shot fired, shot fired. Shooting at us. Shooting at officer. All right, guys, welcome back to another episode of the Shots Fired podcast. Uh, we are your hosts. I'm Kyle. We got Mark here and Billy off to my right. Thanks for tuning back in. We appreciate it. Uh, we got a cool episode for you guys today. Today, we decided that we want to talk about gear and, um, you know, what gear we use in our specialty assignments that we've all held. So canine, SWAT, patrol, um, undercover detective type type stuff. So we'll, we'll do that for you guys, break down what we use um, for ourselves and then go over some medical kit. You got it? Yeah. Okay. All right. You good? <laughs> okay. Um, so we'll break all that down for you guys. We're, we're excited to, uh, to do that. Um, before we get started, we definitely want to give a shout out to the guys over at tried and true. Um, Yuri from tried and true came by and dropped us off some swag and some awesome beer from a local brewery here. We, we seriously appreciate it, man. Um, thank you guys. Thank you for all your guys' support. You guys continue to support our show. Can't, can't thank you guys enough. Um, make sure you guys jump over to their YouTube channel, tried and true nine one six, jump over to their Instagram, check them out. Um, check out their swag that they got for sale and, uh, they got a new YouTube video coming out. So thank you guys. We, uh, support you and thank you for supporting us. All right. Um, let's kick it off with, uh, well, first, did you guys have a good week? Yeah, had a good week. Worked uh, the normal schedule, I think, for the most part. <laughs> no, actually, I had to go to work yesterday. Yeah, which you got was called a, out yesterday on a Saturday. A Saturday, but yeah. for the most part. Well, you don't. You're not bleeding from your arms. You're not all scabbed up anymore. Oh, so I had training. Even, I had training this week. Oh, okay. I had a CPR first aid, which <laughs> will uh, lead into this stuff. But did you pass? You know, it's a uh, government training. So yes, yes, I passed. When you walked in, yeah, <laughs> I signed my name in, and yeah. uh, I think the certification was printed before we right. uh, were done. It's up for debate. <laughs> yeah. Can you fail that? Honestly, like the annual CPR class, those are so boring. They are, but they're necessary. I know they're necessary, and they're it boring. changed too. It did. What changed about it? COVID. No, like for us. Oh, interesting. Really, no more breasts. Of any we, sort. we stopped doing that. A, we stopped doing that a while ago. Oh, really? Yeah, just chest compressions. Yeah, what's well, just? I, I mean, we were issued our little uh, mask things. I can actually see Billy running into a situation where, like, it's CPR in progress, and he's like, "I've got mouth," <laughs> and, like, and everyone's looking at him like, "What are you doing?" Yeah. Hey, that, someone's got. Like, I'd, I'd be rolling up with my gear though, because being uh, prepared. That's disgusting. Now, I, how many times have you ever done CPR? Uh, several times. I've well, never done, never have I done mouth. No, I, I don't think I've ever seen mouth, mouth to mouth. I don't mouth think I have actually done. either. Have I, you? No, now that I think about it, but I, I think it would be an extended period of time before you'd actually have to do that. 
I, I think it's a special, like for me, like I think we all have our, our lines or stuff like that. And for me, if, if I'm doing mouth to mouth, even with a, a mask, it's going to be a very young child yeah. that, that needs immediate help or it's going to be a, a partner. Yeah. It seems like most calls that you go to though, that CPR is required. It's from maybe a car accident, a gunshot. So they have some type of saliva, blood throw up in their mouth around their face already. Right. And I think that yeah. would, it's rarely you would go, police would respond to a call where someone is having cardiac arrest. And and in the area that we work, we're fortunate enough that the fires, yeah, right EMS there. is around the corner where we're, we're there. Maybe once the scene's safe, obviously that they're right around the corner. They're, they're there and they yeah. do a great job of getting there. So, yeah, I don't think I've seen CPR done on someone that was not a trauma victim of some form that had something going on with their face as well. If it's throw up, puke. I've uh, seen it on uh, the wake up and unfortunately the young child or something's uh, not, SIDS, not breathing. Or yeah. SIDS or, you know, sometimes it's other things. But yeah, I, you know, that's that's when I've seen it done on non-trauma. Hmm. Anyways, that was like way off on a tangent. but No, actually it's not because... Now, now, like medical equipment. Well, uh, we'll, we'll you, go over your medical equipment right now. No, no, we'll yeah. go over. Okay, it. okay, okay. We'll, we'll save it. Save the medical. Oh, okay. We're gonna do I'm our just own. Getting excited, you know, know. Like I'm jumping to the. We're gonna do our own version of uh, medical class here on the Shots Fired podcast, which just is kidding. extremely no, like it's extremely important to to have a medical background and have a plan. Mm-hmm. Whether what I mean, like I'm not saying you got to be a medic, EMT. Which I think we've all gone through EMT, which is kind of weird. Of have, it yeah. is odd. Yeah, that's not a normal thing in law enforcement, except for your uh, CHP. Everyone in CHP goes through it. Really, I didn't know that. That's but, California Highway Patrol for you that for you that don't know. If you haven't seen Chips, then yeah, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you're at and your not mind. the movie. I'm talking about the show from way back when, seventies, eighties, maybe eighties. Yeah, yeah, I don't know. Old Punch, but. Um, yeah, no, you, you you should have a plan and, and should realize what you're doing. But yeah, we go straight on the equipment. Yeah, let's jump into equipment. So I think we start with patrol because that's what pretty much everyone yeah. in law enforcement is going to do or has done. We've all done patrol. Yep. Um, yeah, so I don't know. I'll let you guys chime in on what you carried on, on patrol. Obviously, when you first start out as a cop, I think you're so excited about the job that you like carry as much gear and like cool stuff as you possibly can. And then like the older you get into this career and the more you do things, you realize that it's only a hindrance, not there's like no benefit to carrying all that extra crap. So my suggestion would be, you know, I carry pretty much the basics on my, my duty belt and I'm, I'm a patrol sergeant right now, so I'm working patrol. Um, but I carry just my mags. Um, how many mags? Two. Okay. Um, so a lot of guys carry three. I just carry two. Um, <clears throat> obviously my radio, um, I've got a tourniquet attached to my belt in case that I need it, um, for either myself or another officer. Now, now my question is where on the belt is that attached? Cause that's, that's a huge thing too. Is it? Yeah. Mine's just on the front, on the front. Super, so you can get to it. I can get to hands. it. Yeah. Because if I'm laying on my back, if you know, if I, if I need it or whatever, or if another officer needs it, like I want it easily accessible. So, uh, I've seen it put on various places on, on cops. I mean, I carry mine on my front. If I'm on my back, I want to be able to grab it. Um, 
And then I just carry a two pouch handcuff case. So I'm not carrying two separate handcuff pouches because those can become cumbersome. And if a lot of people put them in the center of your back and after a while, that's going to break your back down and hurt. So I just carry, I have nothing on my back and I don't know. I don't either. Nothing, not nothing on my back. Yeah. From basically it's all either from my hips forward. Hip back is, is, is nothing. Hmm. I have, I, I carry, used to carry two individual handcuffs on the back, on my back. And I put that there with the recommendation of a, an officer, uh, my FTO, when I first started said, carry two in case if you drop a handcuff, you have an extra one. You can access it from left and right hand. And then it also protects your lower back if you fall. And then you have other stuff around. And if you have one centered in your back, then it hits your spine. So if you have two, it evens you out. It's not comfortable, but it at least evens you out. That's, yeah. I, that's, that, that's the only thing I've makes ever sense. I mean, That's a valid sense, reason. Yeah. Um, I just carry mine right here in the front and I, it's a double pouch. So I've got two sets of handcuffs, but they're in one pouch and they're in the front. And um, when I was so. in patrol, I carried the, the double pouch in the, in the front. I kept two on the back and then I had two magazines on my front, on the left, horizontal, and then a baton and a radio. And then my two handcuffs and then a key pouch, my gun. The key pouch. What do you have in the, like, I, I, I never had a key pouch. Like I never I understood the key pouch. You know, I, I think a key pouch is important And those keys. Okay. Only access those when it was absolutely necessary. And that was like the Knox box key. Yeah. A, a third patrol car key that I kept on me. And then other keys that we had for certain lock gates around the, uh, the city that I worked in. Okay. And I never used them unless I was out of the car. So I need, I wanted to make sure I had it. So if I'm away from the car, I just I'm, keep mine in my pocket. That's right. I, I have a key mine. clip is what I had. Oh, uh, no, I never had that. No, mine was tight, never made noise, bungee cord or Which is, rubber band. Yeah. Stealth. So I rubber band my keys, especially the ones that I w- wasn't going to use. Basically, I had the car key on a on a separate key and then everything else was rubber band. Yeah. Just so and the reason for that is so everyone knows, like, it's not clink clinking around. And yeah, you know, if you're trying to be quiet on an alarm call or something, you don't want your keys. So I never I the keys that you rubber band, I kept secure that would no chance of losing and then my patrol car key was this one single key on a large key ring Mm -hmm. and that way if i dropped it it was only a car key key and then if i needed it and i left it in the car there wasn't other keys hanging that were necessary now i do it's definitely super important that you carry more than one patrol car key on we can (laughs) all agree on that right yeah. 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 yeah you Especially wanna... when you hear someone on the radio, hey, can you come over here yeah. for a few minutes? Oh, I lock my keys in my car. Yeah. Well, in some departments, and I and I think that your former department, vehicles were keyed the same. All of them. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. And I don't, is yours that mm-hmm. way? So ours are not. Oh, interesting. Which mm. um, I think it's good a... and bad. I mean, I, I could see the pros and cons because if you, if you lose a patrol key or a car key for you guys, yeah, someone has access, access to yeah. every single marked vehicle but i feel like if someone were to find a crown vic or a ford explorer or whatever the car right, is right. they're not going to be like i wonder if this is a police car key it, fair fair enough um so what if like, someone needed to get into your car and use it they can't they can't no and, and that's and that's what really? i'm saying is there's pros and cons there's pros and cons to it so our cars are keyed just like everyone else's hmm. car and uh yeah if you have a you got to go get the key set and there's two key sets and and that's that's all that there is that, that's shocking that. to me I, yeah. I i think that's a complete safety issue but it, it, it rolls onto our gear question and everything because 
there's you know there's pros and cons to everything right there is um and we just i there's all also a huge cost especially at this point for us if we were to completely switch that over i'm i'm guessing no there would be for sure yeah. i don't even know if they would do it yeah they won't but anyways we've done it this way for as long as i i know so mm-hmm. and it's worked Okay, so aside from obviously what what we just mentioned, so then I carry, um, I just started carrying a taser on me, which honestly I never carried on me before. Um, I've not, ne- I've, I think when I was in FTO, I carried a taser. Yeah. Since I, then, I had it, when I was in patrol, I had it in my car. And for me, it was never, so whenever I'd get in a situation where, you don't have a lot of time to think about grabbing something like that where it was like a, Hey, I'm going to use my taser thing. It never crossed my mind. It was like, Hey, I'm going to go, I'm going to go hands on whatever I need to do to apprehend this guy. And I've seen it and I've used it in circumstances where it didn't work and I never wanted to rely on it. Yeah. I do think it's important not to rely on that hundred percent because they do fail a lot of the time, but I've seen them. It's also there as a crutch too, to, to have, I mean, as a less, less lethal option. So I just started carrying that, but and then obviously my my sidearm, my pistol. Um, other than that, what is your guy? What's your sidearm pistol? We what just is? switched to a Glock. Okay, a nine mil. We f- for my whole career, I've always carried a Sig, um, a forty. And then our whole department just trans just transitioned over to the Glock nine uh, millimeter. So I think we did. The, yeah, I started with a Sig, and we transitioned to a Glock also. Yeah. So those are I'm I'm. I'm off the top of my head, I, I want to say that's the only thing. Those are the only things that I carry on my duty belt. I try to keep it as minimal as possible. I don't like a, a lot of extra stuff on my belt. I don't find a reason for it. Um, doing this job long enough, you know, you start getting in some foot chases, jumping fences, going through yards or whatever. Stuff gets caught up on crap. Um, getting out of your car makes it a little bit more difficult. You know, if you're wearing the outer external vest, um, I personally, I, I, I don't like those. Um, I like the traditional police uniform. So that's what I wear. And what, what is your reasoning for that? Is it, is it looks I just, or is yeah, it effectiveness? I, just, um, I think it's, it's actually both. So I don't, I don't like the look of it, to be honest. I, I do like the look of just a traditional police looking uniform. Mm-hmm. And then on top of that, I do find the, the efficiency of it to me. Some, some officers have so much stuff on the front of their vest where I'm like, if you're in a fight or you had to go over a fence, you know, I really, I really think that's going to hinder you from being able to do that just because like they have these big bulky pouches. They have all these like weird, like crazy Molly attachments. And to me, I'm just like, I don't, I don't find it necessary. And I, I actually truly do think that if you have all that stuff on your external vest, it could hinder you more than benefit you. That's, that's my take. Have you noticed the officers that are active making a lot of traffic stops get are the ones that are getting in foot pursuits that are struggling with people versus the officers that are less active what they wear is there a common do you see something common for the active versus yeah, less active that's a good so that's a good question i what i notice is the younger generation of cops now are more into wanting to wear we'll call them the tack vest mm-hmm. and um, that's obviously a big thing for newer guys um, i personally i think a lot of people wear them, I think, just because they think they look cool. Um, which is it's a key point. I mean, 
Oh, no, that's we all want to look cool. Oh, yeah. No, like, no, no. Let me be clear. Like, 90% of this job is looking cool. <laughs> that's why I was a canine handler for so long. So, oh, yeah, now dog, that we got, yeah, yeah. yeah, now that we got that squared away. Okay. But, no, but seriously, I think if if you're wearing it, make sure you're wearing it for the right reasons. Understand your limitations with it. If you're wearing too much stuff on it, maybe you ought to reconsider what where your attachments are. What do you have on that vest? Because it really could hinder you. Um, in a bad way if, if you if you were in a fight for your life or you know maybe you had to go over a fence or something that's all okay so here's we're all pretty much the same size imagine if you're uh, a buck 10 and what five i mean you're a little little tiny person with a small waist you can't carry all that you stuff can't I, or maybe you can but it's now you're talking you just doubled your width your normal width what you're used to walking around yeah. Is well, it so, advantageous then to have maybe some of that on your vest? Yeah, I would just say as long as there's a purpose for it, then sure. If there's no purpose other than just you want to have as much gear as possible, then I'd probably say not the right thing to use it for. But, yeah, if there's a purpose, then go for it. Mm-hmm. Um, or, you know, a lot of people say it helps their back. I, I don't know. You know, I don't. When I when, Right before I left, I noticed that some of the brand-new officers were wearing the belts. I had the, the clip in the front. But they yeah. reversed them, so they had the clip on their I've back. I've seen that, too. Yeah, yeah. I've seen that. And then you can put stuff on the front to fill that. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, I, I do see cops doing yeah. that. So I was always, But the buckles are getting pretty small. I mean, like, yeah. for me, it's... I'm just a traditional, you know, cop uniform. Leather? I just like that. Uh, yeah, I wear a leather belt. Okay. Um, when I was in canine, I did wear nylon. Um, and I'm going to go over here real quick what I carried as a canine handler. But, um, but yeah, as a, as a dog handler, I did carry a nylon belt just because... Uh, it's lighter. Um, I think you carried a nylon belt on. I did. I started day one sure. with a nylon yeah. belt. So a lot of agencies, you're not allowed to wear them. Like you have to wear leather. Like where I came from, my previous agency, you only were allowed to wear like real leather. You weren't allowed to wear the fake stuff. So yeah. my my only leather belt is my my dress uniform, class, class A, a or whatever. Yeah, yeah, mine too. Other than that, I don't think I've ever worn leather. So you use nylon? Yeah. Yeah, I like I do like nylon, but um, for us, if you're on patrol and you're not canine, you have to wear leather. So yeah, I, I I'm good with that. It looks good. It's professional. I, it's I old like. Yeah, it's old. So school. I like it. So, but here's my question: Are they? So you talked about tack vest or outer vest. So they're allowed to wear an outer vest. Yes, but they have to wear leather. Yep. That doesn't make sense to me. If Those if you're gonna rules. if you're gonna if you're gonna cross that bridge of not being that you know. You're, you're tight cu- looking, you're keeping them both. Yeah, traditional. Then, then I think you should go traditional, or you should go like, hey, whatever work, whatever works best to make you effectively do the job yeah. better or we safer. Wore, when uh, when I was on the SWAT team, when we'd go out and we'd work the streets, we wore a vest carrier, and then I only ha- it was minimal, not Molly, and I would only keep my note cards in there and a pin, which is the same thing I did with my classic shirt, mm-hmm. and then everything else was on my belt. Yeah, and I, I thought the only thing nice about wearing the the exterior vest was you could take it off. Yeah. Where before you have to take your uniform shirt off. And I, I, that actually, I want to touch on that real yeah. quick. I'm glad you said that. So a pet peeve of mine is if you're working patrol and you do have one of those outer uh, vests on, which they're super easily, you can take them off, whatever. I've seen officers take those off at like the report writing station or whatever. And then like, walk off into a different area in the PD, their radios attached to it. They're in the evidence room, booking evidence, whatever. And I'm like, dude, what if one of your partners right now 
is calling for help and your vest is in a completely different room. You don't even have your radio on. So you may not even know they're asking for help. Like here's what I'm going to say on that. My, my rule is, is if you have an outer carrier and you're on duty, you're not taking it off until, unless you're on a break or you are like off duty or going off duty or whatever. But I don't let the guys on my patrol shift take them off because I've seen it. They abuse it. And I understand it's hot and you want to take them off and cool off or whatever. But think of it this way. Like if you needed to jam out of the station or whatever real quick, now you have to throw that thing back on. You got to do the Velcro. You have to put your, attach your radio and all that. Like to me, that's just too much extra steps when you could, when it could be avoided. That's just my rule of thumb. Um, you, I think you're wasting time. I just don't like the idea of guys taking their, we don't take our boots off, right? Like we don't take our boots off and kick your feet up on the desk. So why, why are we taking all of our gear off? I, I see what you're saying. Um, and I agree. If, if you have to be ready, then you should be ready. And there's a time when you don't have to be ready. Yeah. What, and whatever that is, then, then maybe that's the time you take it off. But what I took from that more, um, not to just move no, on that from was, that. <laughs> nope. That was just my little, but it's, my little it's tidbit on consistency, consistency in, your equipment and where it is because when shit hits the fan you're gonna go to muscle memory Mm -hmm. and if you've always had your your mags on your vest or you've always had your mags on your belt and then all of a sudden you go to reload or whatever and you're just you could be reaching right past your magazines on your on your vest because i've always trained with it on my belt yeah and and that's what you were talking about is so i you'd wear that outer carrier and all you had was your pen and pen and paper on it the three by five cards that's it yeah because everything for the years up before that was the same way over and Mm -hmm. over and over and then you're gonna transition to a different and not train with it or what am i doing here because then i'm gonna work an overtime shift where i put my uniform you're back and forth it's you're just if there's ever emergency where you need your pen and paper it's got to be right here on your chest. I mean, an emergency where you need your pen and paper. I want to know what that emergency <laughs> yeah. is because <laughs> yeah, you're, you really your definition get that of name. an emergency and mine are, are probably different. Yeah. <laughs> I need a pen and paper now. No, that's a super valid point. I ran a scenario one time with the patrol, the patrol officers and um, an officer did that. She switched to the vest and then put her flashlight in her vest. Now the outer vest. And then w- during the scenario it was a high stress scenario and, she couldn't find her flashlight because yeah. she's so used to it being on her belt. She swapped it and then couldn't find it. And she, after that was like, I'm going back to how I used to have it because under stress, she couldn't find it. So when I was on uh, a narcotics team, 90% of the time was plain clothes, shirt, no gun belt, nothing like that. Usually a concealed firearm on me. And I, at that point I transitioned pretty much everything to my tack vest because for me, and I trained with it a little bit, or a lot. I trained with it to know where things were and to get used to it. But at that point, I thought that it was more important because most of the time I would be sitting there in a situation yeah, where I, I don't that. have a vest on, I don't have my gear mm-hmm. on. What can I do to rapidly put this gear on and be ready to go? And have like all of it. Yeah. yeah. And, and I that, agree with that. And that's, so with my, the gun that I carried back then was a concealed weapon and it was a smaller Glock, but the magazines fit the the full-size magazines fit that so i'd always have the full-size magazines in my vest ready to go i had my uh for us we have to have a a less lethal option for me it was oc spray and the handcuffs (laughs) and and stuff like that so 
it was different then. And now I, I don't do that now. I've, I've transitioned more to a, a gun belt for <laughs> many different reasons, but I still do have, I keep my radio on my vest and I keep my, I, I have handcuffs on both. Vest well, that seems like where if, if you're in a position where you have to one, identify yourself or two, get out to do something, the vest is the first thing I would want on. Right. And then if that's sure. all you have time, it better have everything else. Yeah. So that makes sense. It's no, totally it makes sense usable. to me. Yeah. yeah and, and when feasible, I would always put my, my full size duty weapon on my belt. And then I, you know, put my vest on and when, when it's like, Hey, we're going to go do this. But, yeah, when it, but, but if it was like, Oh shit, this guy's running all of a sudden or like, I gotta, I gotta be, I gotta transition from surveillance undercover. Now I gotta be cop. Okay. I want everyone to know I'm a cop. Yeah, and th- oh, there's yeah. at some point in, especially in surveillance and undercover, where you want nobody to know you're a cop, mm-hmm. and then that that switch gets flipped like this, and you're like, I need everybody to know I'm a cop for many reasons. Yeah, yeah, Obvi- know, I mean, so safety, that's obvious. Yeah. Safety laws are the are the yeah. big things. No, that that totally makes sense in your capacity, like having a vest with all your stuff. Like on a patrol level, though, like I said, I just um, the least amount is has always worked out for me and then when i when i was in patrol i i think i started with i think at one point i was a three mags two handcuffs i had oc i had taser radio obviously gun it's a lot of stuff to carry it's a lot of stuff i've never had the expandable baton i never did that i always had my uh yes because those are a joke the expandables (laughs) yeah I don't know. Well, that's I'm a whole other asp or whatever. Yeah. Okay. I Did you ever had, use it? Yeah. A few mm-hmm. times. I've seen it be using it. I saw it never work, but it was effective when I used it. So yeah. I would always carry, for me, I always carried a flashlight and my flashlight was a full size flashlight. And is that so you could have longer battery life with the size of it? It so was, that? it was multiple reasons. It's good flashlight, good light, everything like that. But when needed, um, per our policy, oh, a backup w- weapons a weapon. of you know we're allowed weapons of necessity, <laughs> and um, if I needed to use a baton, and and I didn't really think of it as a striking weapon, which some people will jump to that too. Um, we can get into like different techniques and everything, but a lot of the times when uh, people you go to the ground, people go and they they bury their hands, mm-hmm. whatever it is underneath them, and you're pulling, they're pulling, maybe they're maybe they're locked on like this. The easiest thing that I found is is if you get baton, flashlight, something like that in between their arms and you use it as a prying, yeah. you can, it, first of all, it causes some localized pain in, in where that's doing and it gives you leverage. Yeah. So for me with equipment, that's uh, patrol wise, that's what I carried. We were not allowed to have the outer vest when I was in patrol. We are now. Mm-hmm. I think that if I do transition back, I, I like the outer vest. Uh, not in the same capacity that I, I carry it now, uh, handcuff and radio. And I don't take it off when, if I'm out, if I'm out of the office and for me now, I don't need to be monitoring radio and responding to emergency yeah, and stuff like you're that. You're doing a little different. And there's a radio in my, in my office. So if it's a, an oh shit where we need everybody, we're, we're going and, and I'm throwing it on and going. But, um, yeah. that's just that. I, I, I do like it. I, I think it's it releases for me, you got the gun on the side and left handed. I'm left handed too, which makes everything a little bit different. <laughs> Goofy. But, 
But for most, I would say you have a gun on one side and a radio on the other side. And those are your most thickest Heaviest. pieces of equipment that you have, right? Yeah. So now I've taken that radio off of my belt and I moved it to the front of my vest and it's created, it's made me skinnier, hopefully in more <laughs> ways than one. But also with, uh, with our communications where we do have some rural areas within our county. And when you get far away, I found that just having an arm over that antenna sometimes affects the uh, reception of it. So having it up front, having that antenna free and clear. Makes sense. For me, it works. Yeah. I knew guys that you'd call and be like, there's a business, the alarm's going off. We know no one's in there, but we still have to clear it. And you have guys on the team that are talented with lock picking and Mm -hmm. you call them over and then they unbutton their shirt and then they start folding out and then they, they have all this equipment on them that is so unusual that you would the lock picking kit carried in your vest i always thought yeah, i've was seen that interesting yeah. mm-hmm. we had a couple guys that did that too yeah and, and then you brought up so going over fences you brought that up for me it's got to be so safe for me to go over a fence yeah and that's true i go that's true. i will say i will tell everybody especially most of the fences that i that i've encountered especially if you can find the gate you can go through them pretty quick yeah, yeah. shoulder it or rip shoulder the, it rip the boards off um going over is you know we we had an uh actually a detective who was who was killed basically going over a fence if he didn't go over the fence he might still be here uh you know we we can say different but when he went over dude was hanging on the other side and just yeah, shot straight up and, and got him. But yeah, we've all seen videos of that happening. I agree with you. I'm, I I guess I use that in the sense of like if you needed to help a partner or get get over a fence to help like I don't know another officer or get yeah, to, and, get to and, a victim. And, and or yeah, something. what's the fastest way to get get yeah. to fastest and safest? And and maybe it is going over it, and th- that's a good option. And right. I, I've never I've gone. I think I've gone over a fence with an outer vest and with the gear that I have, and I don't feel that it hindered me in any which way. I followed a buddy in a foot pursuit and he went over a fence with minimal classic uniform, the long baton, the wood one Mm -hmm. and got literally hung up on the fence and was hanging from the fence. And I was on the other side and we're trying to pry and we finally just kicked the board and broke the board and he fell to the ground. I think, I think you can get hung up on some stuff and other stuff. I mean, anything. Yeah. On SWAT, we had all kinds of gears and all kinds of stuff and you could get over a fence and sometimes you get hung up on, you know, your, your, the, your badge could get caught up yeah, on something. Your shoelace. Yeah. But I did want to say the most important piece of equipment, patrol, whatever is footwear. Yeah. 100%. Boots. I think that's Never like boots. an old school FTO thing to say, Hey, what's the most important piece of equipment? So you what, know, some, so then what dude. boots did you wear on patrol? When I went, so in patrol, we were allowed to wear a nylon boot mm-hmm. and I, I wore, uh, I think it was an under armor boot back then. And that's what I wore. It had to be all black. Yeah. I've tried the, I've tried under armor. My go-to to now each his own. Yeah. Well, so what I wear now are Danners. Um, are the, they nylon the Danners or whatever? Uh, so they're partially nylon. I don't know which one you're talking about. They're yeah. about 45 pounds. Yeah. Each. Terrible for your knees. No, um, the, the newer, <laughs> I, I have them. I have this. The, the newer version ones are a lot lighter. Yeah. They're the older model. Heavy. Yeah. The older model ones are super heavy, but I, I rock the Danners. And then, so when I started my career, in fact, when we went to the Academy together, that was the first boot I bought to go to the academy. Were those Danners all I, leather? I still I had lot. those. I had my, I wore those things for like over ten years. Uh, actually, up until I made canine, I think 
is when I got rid of them and I switched to more of a nylon, um, comfortable boot to go out and do searches and stuff. But, and then when I, so I was, when I was in canine, I would wear various types of more, a comfortable boot. Um, but, and then when I promoted out of canine and went back to patrol, I went out and bought another pair of Danners. I, I, I like them. I want you to do a foot. I want you to do a foot, like assimilated chase or right. whatever. And I want you to time yourself with those boots on. And then I want you to time yourself with like, I don't chase a, anybody. A I don't chase well, okay. anybody anymore, dude. That's a good point. I um, went from the Academy and then I bought these cheap five eleven boots. Cause you had to wear boots, finished training six months in that, and then switched teams. And immediately switched over to basketball slash running shoes that had a polishable toe and the best ones i ever had were the lebron james all black <laughs> and it was super comfortable it was very flexible you could run no problem in it and then if you detained people and you talk to them shoes shoes hats, and tattoos are yeah. three subjects or topics anybody will talk about and if I, every time someone looked at my shoes, and I'm like, oh, man, are those LeBron James? And you're like, yeah. And you're like, you know, if you want to run, obviously I'm going to catch you. But I, I will never, never buy shoes. anything LeBron I a, James. I had a friend that, uh, I'll just say I that. have a friend that <laughs> still works for your former agency. And uh, he's worn the all black Jays. Yeah. Really? Yeah. There, yeah. There's a, I do a remember a time you wore o those Oakley boots and you, I think you that convinced me. That was a me. big thing for a while. Though. Uh, yeah, boots. I'm pretty sure you convinced me to buy those. I did wear, I bought those <laughs> and I'm pretty sure they broke within like three months. I owned stock in Oakley at that time. That's <laughs> Do you remember that? Yeah, I do. You you wore a pair of those too, right? One uh, one time. And they didn't last. Worth, six, six, seven months. They were terrible. Garbage. garbage. Don't buy those Oakley boots. I mean, just I, they they if you want to put a stance like that out, like. They don't even make them. They were hey. terrible. Yeah, I mean, I guess I don't want free Oakley sunglasses at some point, but hey, you know. oh, we're cops. We have to have the Oakley gas cans, dude. Like, not anymore. It's the uh, oh, what is it now? What What are the other Gators? Ones? No, they're the no, most those are for ones. operators. Whatever. But you no, know, every cop has Oakley sunglasses. Yeah, whether they admit it or not, they 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 have, they have and and part of that is because get a little bit of a discount usually, yeah, and and they're safer. And some yeah, other glasses, the, bulletproof, the, uh, or what is not bulletproof. definitely not bulletproof. <laughs> not not bulletproof. <laughs> they're uh, they're considered they're safety like shatter glasses. resistant. They're or safety whatever. glasses per yeah. per OSHA standards. Yeah, yeah. whatever. Thank all right. Thank you. <laughs> I think I think that covers uh, patrol. I don't think it even touches patrol. on it because like, oh. what are you? Were you like? So you did you? Were you a taser guy or or no? Did I, we you know, I did not. I initially left the taser out, but I carried it, and I only I pulled it once in a in one foot pursuit. And I never turned it on, and, and I was so out of breath when I my very first one. I'd never use it, and the other one it didn't work, and I threw it at the person. Never Seriously? Yeah, never use it. I was in the foot pursuit, pulled it, tried it, nothing, and I just threw it at him. That's so you stupid. stopped carrying it, or no? You still I, I carried it. See? Yeah. Well, there's now, liability. I used it. There's like I think to me personally, there's personal liability. If you don't have it, and something happens, and it goes to court, and there's a defense or prosecution depends on what side you're on and they're arguing you didn't have this tool that's a less lethal correct i wanted that personal liability i i think that that's why in a policy per your department that has you must carry a less lethal option mm -hmm. for us yeah we have that policy we, we do too yeah and i carry it oc spray which and, and it totally works for you mine was this is i didn't carry oc Okay. I never carry. I carried the taser. Yeah. Which so I, same same concept. And I've never used OC either. But, I did on uh, dogs. On dogs. I I think uh, no. I've been there when someone sprayed a dog, and it for the most part just pissed it off. Yeah. But, um, I think the spraying it in the eyes is anything in a, a dog's eyes is going to make it mad. 
Yeah. yeah. The, 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 actually, dogs <laughs> well, spray, aren't affected. Spray anything in my eyes. And dogs are not <laughs> affected by the, the OC, actually. It, it doesn't affect dogs like it does humans. No, it pisses them off. Yeah, they don't like stuff face. being squirted at them. But anyways, I do think, yeah, dude, that's super important. Everybody has to carry a less lethal option on their belt. Because like you said, if you get into a lethal encounter, they're going to ask you, what what other options did you have? You better have other options other yeah. than just a lethal. Or if you're in that position where less lethal is a, a good option and all you have is lethal, you're really in a shitty spot because you wish you yeah. had it yeah. any less yeah. lethal yep. yeah have something and, on and i would hope that if you're in a situation say you don't have a less lethal say it's off duty or, or whatever where you're not required to do it and it's a situation where it's not a lethal you're not going to go lethal like i mean that's you should never well you should i, I yeah. mean if it's not a less lethal situation there's no way you can be like well i didn't have a less lethal option so i went lethal <laughs> yeah good luck to <laughs> that's you that's very yeah. true yeah. like if you ever like yep yeah, no uh, all i had was a gun and uh, so i used it so i used it you're like yeah you're you're fucked and you yeah. should be fucked yeah you're in a lot of trouble yeah, yeah so i mean like Make sure you carry your less lethal stuff on you. At least, at least have an option for that. And, and, then, and um, oh, I think we all said we carry two handcuffs. Yeah, every single one of for us. For sure. And that's not a requirement for my department. I don't no. know about yours. No, that's just. I that's think just that's smart. Being that's really just, smart. Yeah. You drop one, you don't have to be like, oh, hey, hold on, guy, let me bend over, and pick this up. Or if you get a big dude, you or have to um, big per, or detain multiple people. I mean, yeah, you don't want just you don't want to go out there with one pair of handcuffs. You may throw a pair of handcuffs off and then you're someone else is transporting your guy or gal to, to jail. And now what you're left high and dry with nothing. What if, uh, I mean, we could go, we go, what ifs all day long, but what if for some reason it breaks? I mean, shit, yeah. you could have, you could have got shot and it hits your handcuff case, ruin mm -hmm. that handcuff. Now you got to go put this person in handcuffs or you double lock the handcuffs on two on a big person. And then someone else takes them off, hands them back to you. And they never unlock this one because they unlatched this one. This one's been double locked and now it doesn't work at all. Yeah. Yeah. You got to switch. There's a lot of variables, yeah. but, and um, if you do get shot in the handcuff, make sure you frame those MFers. <laughs> <laughs> um, That's pretty, pretty, what pretty else? cool. But I mean, like we could transition to, so for me, now we're talking about what was on our belt. I, I had a whole patrol vehicle and, and usually I had a partner. I think we talked about that yeah. too, but um, there was a trunk and, and I, my goal was, is if I had room, I wanted that thing. I had. I wanted it there. I wanted the option to have it there, no matter what it was. You could be like, "Why'd you have a? Fuck, I don't know. A blanket, a towel, all kinds of stuff. I had. I had all kinds of weird, weird shit with me. It's because you're prepared. Yeah, that's yeah, a good idea. I mean, you're there's nothing wrong 10 with or 12 that. Hours. Yeah. The thing that irritates me the most is when you pop open the trunk of like another officer's car and there's like just like just garbage and shit stacked up paperwork everywhere. And you're like, dude, this is so unorganized. Like it's disgusting. There is no, if you had to get something quickly out of the trunk, spike strips or whatever, you're not getting anything out of there. Like that to me is annoying. Well, there you go. There's a whole nother org organization of it too, because you need to have the stuff that, excuse me, you're going to need rapidly on top or easily available. I, I know so many times, and I think I'm probably guilty of it where I put something on top of the spike strips. Because you don't I, use them I, often. I never, I would never, I'd go a year without using them. And then all of a sudden it's like, Hey, can you throw spikes? And you're like, yeah. And you're like, get there. And all of a sudden this car's coming at 120. Yeah. Next thing you know, it's all, you're like, Oh, I, missed I, it. I remember one. It was a Corvette actually. And I'm like, I was like, oh, I got in front of it. I'm ready. And I actually had my spike strips 
on top, go to grab them, get out. I turn around and I, I saw this, like, I swore it was like a blur of light. And I was like, <laughs> there he goes. Uh, what, what was that? <laughs> was that it? Yeah. And uh, I'm sitting there and I'm like, oh, okay. That's been a hot topic for our agency lately. We, we, there's been so many pursuits and guys are like getting set up to do spikes and then either a, they're not in the car. So make sure your crap is in the car, but B they couldn't get them out in time because there's so much crap piled up on top of them. And, That's and it's like, so come on. It's like, dude, have your trunk organized, get uh, spike strips. If you have them, like make sure that they're operational and they're in your trunk, of your car. If you guys have like a pursuit policy or whatever, and, and then, you know, make sure, um, whatever you need to make accessible to you make sure they're accessible to you and your duty bag and stuff isn't just thrown on top of everything. Like have stuff organized in your car. Like that's your office. Well, and, and not to say you're a, you're a one man unit or one person unit and you hear pursuit, something like that. And you run back to your car and you're, you're the guy who's 10 miles away from it, but you know, what's coming your way, right? There, there's no, you getting in your car and getting there super quick doesn't really matter at that point maybe maybe it does but you have that split second to be like okay ahead of time i'm gonna go ahead i'm gonna grab my spike strips that are in my trunk and i'm gonna throw them on the passenger seat um hopefully secure them the best you can because yeah we all know that we all know that things go flying during pursuits and also if you get an accident whatever's not secured is is now a projectile (laughs) um so you have that ready and then it's like Okay, I'm. I can get in front of this car, and I can get this ready. And now you're you're you've eliminated one step that yeah. can can save that pursuit, whatever yeah, it may could. be. Could save could save someone's life mm-hmm. for well, sure. You bring up putting um on the front seat. I never lo- was a fan of one or single officer cars with their gear bag in the front seat or their lunch pail. I hated that. Like keep that in the trunk, in my opinion, because. If I needed to get in your car and you need to drive me someplace or around the corner quickly, I can't get in your car and you have all your crap there. Yeah, like that does what, happen. Sometimes. What is in the front seat that is so important that you have to have your file folders and your form, like a medical kit? I get, but anything else or a helmet? I do. I do. Uh, I, helmet, I have my helmet ready to go right there. That's anyway. fine. My argument to you would be, and and I don't know if I necessarily agree with it. Is I still have a back seat. Like you're you're you can still get in that back seat. If, if it's something that you need to get, like I need to get you around the corner real quick. Like, Hey, there's no room in the front hop in the back. Yeah. How many times have we, I mean, I've done that. I'm sure you guys have all done that. Um, back seat's yeah. empty. It's Mark, not comfortable. Mark's, Mark is a germaphobe and he's I, not I, getting I, in that back seat. Hey, and I can respect that. I, but what if we're go, what if we need to travel some distance? What if we're some, uh, responding to something or going in my car breakdown and you pick me up? Like, I so I think it's fair to say then don't have don't, unnecessary crap on your front seat that it doesn't have to be there like your duty bag doesn't really have to be on the front no seat. no yeah, yeah. If, if, it, if it's necessary and and like i'm saying uh stop sticks or spike strips yeah and your whatever we're calling yeah, them whatever. That's whatever they are they're they're usually either a square box about this big or they're strips yeah about this big you could still get in that front seat if i grabbed them you yeah, could yeah. but you, but that you're staging something for the, for a purpose versus right. Hey, I'm just going to put everything in the front seat because I don't want to yeah. open the trunk. I see your, You're I, right. I agree with you. You're right. No, not everything at. in the front seat. Yeah. yeah. Because I, I I've the posse box is one thing that, that I've seen in the front seat a lot. And I've seen and I think I've been guilty of it. And they throw it on the seat, throw it in a little bag or whatever. Now, imagine you're in a in a huge accident, major accident, roll over, whatever it is. Been there. <laughs> 
now all of a sudden you have a posse box which for you that don't know for you people that don't it's basically a, a, a clipboard but it's a metal with a little box behind it to uh, yeah, put these in damage it. and uh that corner of you hits you square in the forehead yeah it, it could kill you yeah especially when it's if it's flipping with something like that so se- secure things within your vehicle that could cause harm to you mm-hmm. yeah so i um i'm not gonna go too deep in the woods with this but i was i think you, you definitely know but yeah i was hit by a drunk driver early on in my career and um it it jacked me up i mean my i the computer actually dismounted from the the um mount that it was on and yeah. it and it hit me in the face and then our paths i carried my paths right in the center of my where I, my I rifle is i don't know what a pass is yeah, yeah, so a preliminary alcohol <laughs> screening device, um, the Still. little the breathalyzer. Okay, Still. Uh, don't care. So I had that in a you know in a hard plastic right. box case, and that thing flew up and also hit me, and it it tore my my lip. Up. Like I'd have a my lip sewn back on. Like it jacked me up. Yeah. And after that, I never never carried that pads in my car. That thing was in the trunk after that. Right. It it jacked me up. It, mm. it, if you're gonna put your helmet like you said in the in the car yeah, but it's strapped strap it on yeah, mine's, um, mine's strapped and it i mean it's not coming off if you're got if you need your i just p- i just used to wear my helmet in the car <laughs> yeah you're in the, yeah well you wore your helmet driving over here which i thought was weird safety well first. he was yeah. ready okay yeah, yeah. but i mean the simplest <laughs> uh, we've talked about the posse box you shove it in between not that it's completely secure but in between the seat and the center console sometimes yeah that could be enough for me that at least mentally I felt better with it yeah. instead of just anything flying on the sea. Obviously I'd have drinks and snacks and stuff that probably wouldn't fly anywhere, but I, it's I hope, a, great I point. hope a I water mean, bottle didn't hurt me too bad. A lot of officers are now using the uh, metal water canisters, right? Like they would just throw that. So just understand like you make a really good point. If you get into an accident, like that thing could now turn into a freaking weapon and hurt you. My question would be, it was like, let me fill up your, your metal water bottle and just whack you and let me face. whack you across oh, the, man, the head man. with it. As I, hard I, as I, I can even think of that. Yeah. It roll a car or get something. I mean, it, yeah. maybe just if you can strap it to your seat or whatever. I mean, just, just little valid points to, to throw out to you to maybe prevent an injury. If, if, um, if you're not thinking of it and you're just throwing crap on your seat, uh, maybe I ought to think about it. Yeah. Um, but then within my vehicle, we talked about two handcuffs. I had, I, I probably had three or four more inside the, the car. I if not that, um, I had the quick cuffs or the zip ties, whatever you want to call them. And if you have those, make sure you have the means to remove them because that's, uh, that's a huge mm-hmm. thing. You could get yourself in a lot of trouble if you're like, I put quick cuffs on, but the guy's saying he, his hands are hurting and I yeah, can't remove them. Not getting blood? Yeah. <laughs> Yeah. And, a, and a knife probably isn't it no you do not want to use a knife yeah, yeah you know, unless you want to cut their wrists or something crazy and even a multi-tool is probably not it um actual I, shears i think yeah, yeah. You, liability wise in the public perception i think shears is the best you bring a knife even though that someone's going to see it and they're going to i wouldn't want to if i knew you entrusted you and with the knife i would i'd yeah. be uncomfortable even though you're very confident i would be uncomfortable yeah mm-hmm. yeah yeah, you're right. That's a good point. Um, so within that, at one point, I took the taser off my belt and I kept it in my vehicle. So if someone's like, "Hey, we need, we're gonna do entry here. We need somebody who can have a taser." If nobody had a taser, which would have been rare, I could throw the taser in my pocket because I still think, even if you have it, <laughs> you know, they say don't do that because 
they actually say static electricity can make those things fire off. I've never so seen So they're, they're like, absolutely I, never put them in your pocket. <laughs> but, <laughs> I can see you walk into a call, Billy, do, 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 and no, it's all, I, pow! I, I, just, them. I didn't Billy's are, kick, 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 kick. I didn't have it loose in my pocket. I had it in the holster, in a holster in my pocket. Oh, okay. In my in my uh, cargo yeah. pocket. Oh, uh, that makes sense now. Okay. Yeah. I, I can just, just like, I can see that. Shove it down my shirt real quick. Billy walking us to the call. I got the taser and then pow. But there's a whole other thing. So say you're there like, hey, you're less lethal. That doesn't mean that you should have your taser out, in my opinion. And and maybe your department's different or maybe people have been trained different ways. It just depends on the scenario. Because I rather, I much rather transition to less lethal when it's not less lethal than have to transition to lethal. But what if, so what if someone is lethal and they're like, Billy, I need you to be less lethal. That's, in a in in a situation where we're all controlled, right? Okay, we get a planned event. A plan. We'll say for me, say it is. Say it is. Uh, we're gonna search this house right now. It's a a burglary alarm. I need you to be uh, to have a less lethal option, or you to be our less lethal if we come across somebody. You're not gonna go search the house with a taser. With a taser in your hand. No, I see what you're saying. That that makes sense. You're gonna be lethal, and then if you, you transition somebody, then you'll transition. Now, say there's there's a guy sitting there, and he's got a knife. And you're the fourth one there. Yeah. Everyone's got a gun out on him. He's contained. And someone said, we need someone with, with less lethal. Roll up, taser, shotgun, 40. Less lethal shotgun, 40 millimeter. That makes sense. That makes Whatever. Sense. And have that, that sling. Because you know, hey, they're, they're there. If it goes lethal, they got it. Yeah. No, I agree. I, okay. I, I, I see 100% that. 100% agree with that. Um, I thought you were saying, hey, if, if someone's like, Billy, you're less lethal, then you're like, well, I'll. I'll You're like, no, nah, I'm lethal. Yeah, no, I got it. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, no. sure I am. Yeah. Yeah. No, no. Yeah. And I'm glad you, I'm glad you made me explain that yeah. because there there's, and it's like anything in this job, it's everything is moving so quick and transitioning so yeah. fast that you need to have, you need to, and, and it brings up the whole other point of, you can't say this is how you do it. Mm-hmm. Right. Every situation is different. Mm-hmm. And, you know, and, and that was, that's why I, transitioned completely away from the taser i just like there's enough people out there that have tasers and hopefully they're proficient and they trust in them i I never trusted in them is never was my go-to i do carry a less lethal shotgun now which is in a in a back and everything like that it's locked up so it's not (laughs) so so it's it's not easily accessible no it's not but for for what you do i i don't see that I don't see a need for that, so I but think that's I, fine. I think there's a difference because you're talking about you are working on a specialty team. Everyone has specific things, and you, the guys on your team and women know that Billy doesn't carry a taser, so you're going to be something different. A patrol team, I think, is different where you assume everyone has or should have the same. I, I, think, I think at a patrol level, that should be completely standard. Everybody has the same exact stuff. And and I, I see your argument there, and, I, and I'm not saying that it's wrong, and I, I think there's a lot of argument there, though, is what I would say is, for me, I don't, want, I don't want anybody to go, okay, this guy goes, and he goes like this, and he's like, fist up, we all have seen it, ready to fight, whatever, starts rushing towards you, you pull out that taser, and you go, and because you've been, you've been trained so well of, when someone goes to fight, I'm going to tase him, and it stops him. Now this guy's wearing a leather jacket. He's got three hoodies on underneath, yeah. and you hit him, and you hit him here, and you hit him, you hit him. I wouldn't fu- even try perfect. to tase him. Just but, somebody wearing all that. But there's a, then again, now you're a new officer. You've been trained that the taser's there. I, I just don't. It's not for me. It was never my natural reaction to be like, "Oh shit, someone's coming at me. We're ready to go. 
this this fight's happening. Let's get Tazy crazy. I think, I think we're talking two separate things. I'm thinking standardization of what people should carry, and then you can carry more. I, that's what I think. In Taser being one, I carried a Taser, but I I was a physical hands-on. I'd rather fight someone physically than than use a Taser. And I think you're talking the difference of I like get, how you're responding. Okay, but now you're arguing that you carry something that you're not you don't trust and you're not going to use. But I have it as an option because I may come into a scene where I show up to help you and I know you don't carry one. I have it. I, I just think right. that a standardization of everybody should have the same. So like if all put like, let's say a whole patrol squad shows up to a call and nobody carries a taser, then what? And, and that's your argument, right? Is that, yeah, that's, that I think that's what you're saying to have to have it. Like, so we should have, yeah. everyone should have it. Yeah. Yes. But then I, it's like, well, who's, yeah. So but, but I, what, I get what you're saying, but what is that standard? I, I think everyone should carry the same stuff. And I'm not saying everyone needs to carry a taser or everyone needs to carry. I just think everyone should carry the same and then go from there. If you want to carry more and you want to carry that lock picking set and then you want to carry a, a multi-tool and then, mm-hmm. I mean, go for it, carry whatever you want, but I think there should, everybody should carry one. So yeah. I know when I get out that you have, but you're in a specialty team and I think that's a totally different. That, that's, that's way different. Like yeah. I, I wouldn't even like we, I'll get into a little bit with that that, stuff but um from a patrol aspect i don't necessarily disagree with your argument but i do i I don't know how to say like no just say it just what no i it's not it's i don't even know how to argue it's just like i like i agree that the point that you make is is good but we should be better trained then we should um we should know our abilities and for me i i never would be in a situation hopefully where i'm like I absolutely have to have a taser here. The the taser is the win or lose of this fight. I see both. I see both sides of what you guys are saying. I get. I get why what you say. Why you say you don't carry it because you don't want to even have to rely on it. I don't trust it. But I'm in the yeah. same boat though. I carried it, but I'm in the same boat as you are. But I had it. Yeah, but I, but I also see that point of it too. Is like and, you and you may you may just need it one day. And if it's just not there, then I did. I, there, actually, but. I did need it that one day when I threw it. At somebody. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> it sounded real it. effective. No, it was not. But um, anyways, yeah, no. And then so, just to trans. I mean, taser. I, I guess we could probably talk about tasers for probably five or six ex- episodes. Because <laughs> whatever, let's I, move move I, on from the taser. Yeah. I hate tasers. It sounds I'll, like I don't, I don't like tasers. I don't like them either. I'll, I'll go, go on. I'll make like a statement either, right here. It. Never like tasers. I don't trust them. But we'll move on. So further from that, um, in patrol, vehicle-wise, medical kit was huge. Um, what did you carry? Um, in patrol, I had I had a self-made bag that I did, and I, and I bought a little red bag, and I had a carabiner on it. And I, that was one of the things that I had clipped to my passenger mm-hmm. seat when I didn't have a partner. If not, we had um, in the back of our patrol cars, and they were... At first, they were um, Crown Vicks, but then they became the exp- Explorers. Explorers, right? yeah. So we use. And uh, we had cages on the around the windows in the back. So I would clip it to the, the cage of the window just yeah. so that it was easily accessible. But it was self-made. Um, tourniquet, which I also had on me, but I always have an extra tourniquet. Uh, I think I had quick clot gauze and shears. I, I ended up carrying shears on me and i still to this day i carry them on my vest now um in patrol i had them i don't know where i had them but at one point i did i did carry shears oh i had a tourniquet pouch 
with a with a shear pouch behind it. Yeah, and I've, I, seen, I've seen that. And I had the shears behind it, and shears are or medical scissors, whatever you want to call them, and the tourniquet in front. But uh, yeah, I had all kinds of weird stuff. I had too much in there to be honest. But uh, if I ever needed it, it's one of those things I've always said. I'd rather have more and not need it. Yeah. Uh, some people put gloves in theirs, and, and most kits come with gloves. If you're if you're a cop and you don't have yeah gloves on you, anyways, yeah, anyways, like a pocket filled of rubber gloves. Yeah, I I think my my offhand, which was my right hand cargo pocket, was always I kind of looked weird probably half the time. It'd be bulging because mine I carried them. Yeah, there was yeah, there was and not just one or two, three or four. I think it was handfuls, handfuls. Yeah, and how many times? Hey, you got dude, you'll you go got, through a. Uh, 20 pairs of gloves in a night. I mean, yeah. And towards the end of the shift, sometimes someone's like, Oh sh- yeah, I need yeah. some gloves. Here I need you some go. gloves. Here you uh-huh. go. I got them. Yeah. yeah uh, if you need a taser, I got it. <laughs> <I'm just laughs> <kidding>. <laughs> but I'm not qualified in your taser. So I don't uh, want to use it. Oh, uh, okay. okay. Here you go. Use your own taser. Oh, uh, fair enough. <laughs> and, and we're a little bit off topic here, but did you, you talk about how you did patrol meetings and stuff with the people that you're talking about? Did you talk, to them about how to get your dog off a bite oh yeah for sure that i mean that was something we always talked about we we would physically actually have we would put a dog on a decoy have the patrol guys line up and then we actually taught them how to hard out a dog mm-hmm. meaning grab them by their collar and, and physically remove them from right a de- from a decoy um to replicate if, if one of us goes down they have to be able to control the dog and i think that that's that's huge and then um, I don't, I know that for, I've heard it's 50, 50 in some places, but did you have a bite sleeve in your patrol car? At all I, we all have them. I, yep. Every handler, um, has a bite sleeve and then our patrol guys were taught, um, if you need to use it, if, if you need to pull the dog off and have the dog bite something to be able to like pull that dog back into the car without a patrol guy getting bit, then they would know how hmm. you're basically using the, the bite sleeve as like a giant toy. Right. And then yeah, and let the dog can, bite it. You can it. grab and yeah, you can either let the dog bite it and hold on to it, and then you can drag that dog back to the patrol car and throw him in the back seat with the sleeve and just shut the door. I've something I I'd never even heard of. Yeah, do, I wouldn't even have thought that. Do you think that your dog would say he was on a on a suspect on a bite and I or someone came up with a bite sleeve? Would you think he would come off and, and take the bite sleeve? Absolutely not. Okay, no, that's no, good to know. That's, and the actual. So you still need to know patrol people if you work around canines and you don't know how to do a hard out go talk to your canine guys right now yeah, i'm not, not going to explain should, how to do it you should be able to do the hard out it is very easy yeah, yeah it's just um you're grabbing the uppermost portion of the harness it should be high high up on its neck you do, know kind of by its ear yeah look can i actually could we demonstrate it real quick yeah yeah, yeah. yeah. I'll, yeah. I'll, 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 but you, let me bite you, so you like the e-collar <laughs> you, you can do the e-collar okay yeah but I'm and, then, and then you're just grabbing <laughs> the top of that and you're just you're it's just up and forward and the the way that i'm not going to go over it, but the way that uh, it, it, it acts on the dog it's it's discomfort for the dog and yeah. it causes them to to release <laughs> um so it's just quick it's just up and forward I wish I would have. And that. you're pushing the dog into it. <laughs> I don't think yeah. you could have done it from your I position. Could not have done it. No, not sure. yeah, not not on the position of yeah. the dog. Or and, and I think that's the idea too. Yeah. you don't want, I mean, the suspect, the suspect to, be able to do that. Yeah, to be able to do it. Yeah, no, you you don't. And yeah. I don't think they could. I don't. Is there ever been a documented case I've, where no, I, a I've never heard hard, it. hard out at a dog. Never. I've never heard of that. I, I mean, I've had bad guys punch my dog, try to pry its mouth open. Um, I've had I've had guys try to like break their their necks. 
never were successful. All all they did was piss the dog off even more, and that dog's just going to clamp down even harder. So. Yeah, I was on one in 2008. A guy foot bailed, hid under a house. They believed he was under the house, sent our dog under, went under, came back. They're like, that's – he's alerting, but he's not – it's not making sense. Sent the dog, came back a couple of times. They thought they heard like some commotion and nothing. Dog comes back and they're like, it looks like there's like blood on the dog's mouth a little bit. Sent the dog, comes back, nothing. California Highway Patrol was there with the dog. And it says, Austin, my dog, sends the dog, same thing, back and forth. And then heard some other commotion. And the dude was under there and he took the bite from our canine multiple times. And just, did, he said, he literally, they asked him after, he said he literally did nothing. He just sat there totally silent and froze, and the dog just like, uh, what the heck, and like walked away. Hmm. Yeah, that's, yeah, that shouldn't happen, but. Uh, it did. It was weird. Yeah. Yeah, it's, I mean, that's not, that's not ideal. Ob- obviously, you don't want your dog to just pop off like that, just because yeah. someone's being passive. But, you know, another thing, too, is um, sending a dog underneath a house or, or an into an attic or whatever, like, that's kind of a no-no. Um, because you have no control of the dog at that point. Basically the rule of thumb would be like, you probably shouldn't put your dog somewhere where you can't get to. So meaning, cause if that dog goes under there and bites that guy and now you're calling that dog back and he's not coming off that bite, how are you going to get that dog off that bite? Ah, that's a great point. You're not no, going to be able to do that. So that's like advanced canine. Yeah. We don't need to get into that. I'm just, you threw that scenario out there and I'm just racking in my brain. Um, that like, to me, I wouldn't do that. So gear wise though, if you had a gas under there, if you had a 30 foot lead on him or her, yeah. If you had a, if you you had a long line or something, you, you could, I still, I still think it's risky. Yeah. Yeah, I I think it's risky. I would throw gas or some other means to get him out. I wouldn't, I wouldn't. Everybody has that access though, but yeah, no, I get what you're saying. Anyways, that's so, as a dog handler, I always had my lead, my to- my go-to toy, obviously your harnesses and all your gear that you need. But Did you carry um, medical specific for the dog? I did, yeah. So um, there's actual specific dog handling uh, medical courses you can go to to provide first aid for your dog. Um, it's an all-day class, and then at the end of the class, they would give you a bag full of medical gear for like any situation your dog got into. Um, to be honest, I always told my patrol guys that this bag was in my car. I would use it on an officer probably before I use it on a dog. Cause it, a lot of it, most of it you could use on a human. Mm-hmm. Um, and so it just had so much good stuff in it that I always wanted the patrol guys to know like, Hey, this is here in case something we really need like a trauma bag. I'd rather use it on one of us than, than the dog. And, and I think it's like, it's huge that, you know, we talk about a specialty canine vehicle, right? But this could be any vehicle and everyone on your team or anyone who works around you should know somewhat of what you have in your vehicle because you might have something they don't have and, you know, yeah. vice versa. And well, that way, you know, like, hey, oh, uh, there's oh, there's Kyle's car. I, I know Kyle's car. And God forbid it could be a life or death situation. Kyle's car's locked and you're like, my department, you don't have another key. Break that fucking window i don't don't care like get what you need to get right yeah do what you gotta do especially with it being a dog handler like you gotta you gotta think man you you got this ant you got an animal that's like trained to bite people so of everything i think it's really important dog handlers share that information with their patrol guys like what they have how to get a dog off a bite you know if they have a bite sleeve like how to use it 
Uh-huh. I mean, that stuff's important, man. I would hate to be in a position where you needed to, like, a dog handler goes down and that dog is out running around. I mean, that's. And I, I don't think every department does that. I, I really don't. Probably not. I don't think that. I doubt it. Yeah, that there's a lot of. I, I think it's probably 50 50 of. And, and, and you it goes do it in a it. briefing. I mean, it's simple. Well, and I also think that anybody who works patrol or anyone who's going to work around K9 should, uh, for most, most, most departments have a training day um, and they allow officers to come out. I think I brought this up, but go. Yeah, you should. Yeah, yeah I agree. go out and just see what's going on. Understand because I, I mean, you've been on the bad end of a bite. <laughs> yeah. It sucks. Well, I mean, right? I've been bit. <laughs> yeah. um, not, not that even if you, and you trained around canines too, but not that if you went and you knew everything about canines that you would have been able to prevent that in any which way, I don't think you would have, but there's so many other situations that you could have, that they could be like, Oh, f- you know, Kyle's down dogs running around biting. Yeah. Some, random someone's got to get control. Of that. Like that's really would be freaked out from that. Yeah. Mm-hmm. You got this rabid animal running around and it's and, like, and confused. We go financially <laughs> about it. Like, Oh, what, what am I, you know, like, Oh, there's a rabid animal running around biting around. Uh, some people go, well, shoot the dog. Right. Yeah. What, why do that? If you don't have to, and I'd be like, so you you shot a dog because you were you didn't know what to do that you yeah. should have known, right? <laughs> yeah, and uh, you can attest to it. These they're not cheap, no. And even the initial cost, there's a whole another six months to a year that is training yeah, and everything. And and the dog that's been on patrol for six months is probably has some issues that the dog that's been on for five years doesn't have because you've worked around it for so long. So. There, there are times there's stuff that you can't do, but there are times shoot when dog, you, you got to shoot it. Yeah. I mean, you got to shoot it. You got to shoot it. And I, I can give you examples of when that's happened, but anyways, uh, if you could prevent it, prevent it. Yeah. So that, that covers me as far as in my the end, gear. they're a tool, right? What's that? In the end, they're a tool. Yeah, for yeah. sure. Yeah. And yeah. if you got to eliminate the tool, you eliminate yeah. the tool. If the tool is causing harm, do what you got to do. Yeah. Fair. Yeah. So anyways, that's, that's what I carried on me, on my person as a dog handler. That was my go-to every day. Um, I made sure I had that, those primary things with me, obviously different things in the car <coughs> muzzle. A muzzle is actually another really important thing to carry. You're not going to carry it on you, but you should 100% have one in your, in your uh, gear bag, uh, because you may have to throw a muzzle on that dog if he's wounded. Um, I mean, you could use a leash as a muzzle, but, um, you know, just for training purposes alone, you should be, you should be training every once in a while with a muzzle, but yeah. So anyways, um, you want to go over, um, uh, we, we talked about SWAT. I mean, most, Tac- so tactical. Yeah. Oh yeah. Tactical. Yeah. I, I can talk about too bad. It's not Tuesday, dude. We could call this tactical Tuesday, but it's I Sunday. Mean, like, do they know what day it is? Well, you just said Sunday. Yeah, we it's, could, Sunday. it's Tuesday. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I guess I could have said it's Tuesday, well, but I, I that's cover stuff on yeah. what I carried on patrol. Yeah. When yeah. I worked overtime shifts and what you can carry. Because I think there's a most SWAT guys are patrol. Like not most SWAT guys are not full time SWAT guys like you were. And so I think um, the vast majority are. That's an ancillary assignment. But I think that SWAT guys have not only different training, but they have access to um, their own equipment that they could probably bring on patrol with them. Yeah, and a lot of the guys on the team carried their stuff. I worked a lot of overtime. So did some of the other guys on the team. But I always I carried my patrol bag. And that had additional resources, paperwork, ticket book, 
legal source book, cheat codes to find certain charges. And then I carried my own RAM because only a sergeant carried a RAM at the time. And then when you need a RAM, you need a RAM Mm -hmm. and you're not going to wait. So I carried a RAM, uh, the Halligan and people don't know what a Halligan is. It's like the tool the fire department uses. Yeah. So like a long crowbar, basically a, a pry or a, a wedge, yeah. right? Uh, bolt cutters, because mm-hmm. if mm-hmm. just even for a, a chain link fence to get into a yard for a call for service or for help, or so you don't have to climb a fence. Uh, that that was something else too. I forgot that that I'm glad you said that. As a canine, that was something uh, for sure. I had in my my gear bag was a bolt cutters. All dog handlers need to have those. And then if you're if you're in patrol or whatever. <laughs> get some bolt cutters and they shouldn't be that hard to come across because uh where i work we've done so many um evidence polls or something of of bolt cutters and at some point once the case is adjudicated yeah go grab some from our property where else be like hey we got this for us it's a it's a barrel full of bolt cutters and Mm -hmm. you just be like hey i need bolt cutters they go here you go but even patrol you could go to home depot or a hardware store yeah but, but we're cheap right yeah that's true sorry sorry to cut you off i just you said bolt cutters and um i forgot to mention that that's a super valuable tool yeah bolt cutters uh also carried the the kit i mean my swat kit Mm -hmm. uh and then my change of clothes if i needed to change the helmet uh i always carried two extra radio batteries that were fully charged because you're gonna need it or somebody else is gonna need it and what else I carry? We talked about food. I did carry, always carried food. Yeah. Always had like snacks, and water. roller bars, and water. Right. And that's patrol. That's too. just patrol yeah. in general. Yeah. You should yeah. be carrying that because the worst is when you're hungry and you can't eat. Oh, yeah. Always carried that. Like something that, that's going to help you, like um, like nuts. Nuts are a good one. Um, Granola bars. Anything that could keep in your bag for days, yeah. weeks. Yeah. Cliff bar, I always had go bad. bars. Yeah. And... One of the other things I carried, which I think every patrol officer should carry, well, two items. One was like a small blue light. So if it's dark and the helicopter's coming, we yes. have access to helicopters. Yeah. You give the address, but they're looking for you also. So if you just give them the blue light, they can easily narrow where you're at. But then also I carried a laser pointer. And the laser pointer was completely invaluable because when you're at a certain point uh, on the one or the two side, I, I mean, we would number a house. If you were yeah. looking at the house... The closest to you at like six o'clock is the the front door. It, the front door is always the one, and then it goes clockwise. Mm-hmm. Two, three is the back. Four is the far right side. But if you're holding and you're saying and you're talking about this house or this window, I can describe it and it's clear to me, but you might not get it. So yeah. you use the laser pointer and you can point, and then it's like that. Now everyone knows exactly what window you're talking about or what door or, yeah. or what car. Never thought about that. that I haven't a, either. That's dude. awesome. Laser I never thought huge. about that either. Because you're trying to describe something and you're like, okay, it's this window. It's a small bedroom. Which house? Because a lot of houses in track homes look the same. They're just yeah. flip-flopped. It's a laser pointer. Carry a laser pointer. You could carry a small one in your pocket. Yeah. Easy. Hmm. I, I actually it. never thought about that. And then the the blue light. So That's um, important. I I just had it. They you can buy them on Amazon. Those little, the little push. I think yeah. we all know what we're talking about. Mm, yeah. I but as far as some people, they're just these little pressure, a little LED light, and it was blue. And uh, I had it hanging from my badge. Is yeah. where where I, I, had I always it. had one too as a dog handler because we're we're communicating with the air unit all the time on searches. Yeah, it was on a little keychain hanging from my my badge on the the back clip, and I just turn it up and click it if I needed it. Yeah, it's really visible then. And then I always carried. 
like one or two little toys for like little kids when you go on those really shitty calls with kids like it's never good so at least you have something that you could give to them distract them off of the side and was that on you or in the car i'm sorry in the car okay yeah you didn't have like teddy bears and you know what i did i did have a little lego guy a little tiny lego guy on my keychain my very first as soon as i got off probation uh the patrol team i had i was on had those and they gave me one and to this day i still have it in that thing it's mr krabs because it's red is missing its arms its legs are gone the little like tentacles are all gone and it's like smudged but i still have it 15 years later that's cool i do have that it's one of the very few things that i actually am never going to get rid of i will keep that and and that's uh you talked about the toy that's that's not a swat thing i mean that's definitely it's good for uh swat but i think uh at at times i had them in my car too when i was in patrol I think all of our guys have them in our patrol cars, old teddy bears or whatever. Especially around yeah. Christmas time and everything, it's it's yeah. very very good to have that because yeah. we're all about community relations. And I think for for us, we had the stickers too, the junior junior officer, junior <laughs> deputy, or whatever. Do you ever swear in the kids? Have them like no? Oh, you got to do it. You got to tell them try it. But like, I will. You, I'm going to swear you in, and then you have, make them repeat. You like do everything mom and dad says. Keep your own room clean. <laughs> That's a good idea. Eat your breakfast. Eat your dinner. The like, parents are all thank you. Yeah, but you you roll into those apartment complexes and you you know they. I remember times having like thirty kids, thirty kids running up. Yeah, yeah stickers. And you're Even like, teenagers, you're like, oh, yeah, yeah, you're, you're too old. Like, you're just gonna stick no. on the light post. Yeah, here, it's right? like <laughs> it's like Halloween when the when the fourteen year old comes to your door. You're like, here's yeah. one little piece of candy. Yeah, as soon as they hear out of here. you have a sticker, it spreads. <laughs> yeah, you got stickers. Everyone yeah, wants yeah. stickers. We had the worst hideous stickers but the kids didn't care they, it was something fun in, to play with yeah, yeah it's it's something yeah or and the baseball card the the canines always had baseball cards which i thought was the coolest thing they could pass out to people oh, you want cool. one of mine i have one it's autographed yeah. uh-huh. oh perfect yeah did you want one no no <laughs> you don't want to that's well, rude yeah I, I mean i don't think you should be offering them because it's valuable <laughs> if he if everyone has them in their autograph it's not gonna be worth it i mean i, I want a real canine officers not a retired i mean I, i'm a has-been i'm a has-been dude well i guess it's like the retired baseball player it might be worth, yeah, worth more, more now that's actually true yeah, yeah. yeah thank it's you. too bad you'll never get one yeah and if he signs it now it's not worth it <laughs> yeah you just screw yourself. you really just don't want me to have it now no i you don't deserve one now <laughs> you don't appreciate it Yes. that's basically all that i really carried i think the ram we used a ton or guys on the team would shield too shield uh, carried a shield sergeants carried shields yeah, but i i wish when i wasn't there and working patrol and overtime no we yeah. never and there's a time and a place for a shield i mean a lot of guys think there's like a ton of value in them and, and i'm sh- in certain scenarios there there is but they're also cumbersome and if you've never trained with one and you know or shot with one i mean they're know that shield too because um a lot of these shields are rated for pistols and i've seen people i say most by a lot and some people are like we got a a guy who's got a rifle up in his house and they're like grab the shield like why yeah that's not (laughs) i guess it's better than nothing but um it's a false sense of security at that point yeah Yeah, when you know it's not going to stop something it's a false sense of security yeah yeah anyways um and then uh, when you talk about your uh, SWAT gear, you're talking like you guys had plate carriers, right? I or did have a, a full plate carrier. Kit or, or a full ca- I did have a plate carrier, uh, and you had the option to wear that if it was like a field search outside when it was hot. But mm. I I carried it, and we actually 
the only time I would really use it was if we worked out and we the workout okay. we were gonna wear that or for the Murph. Okay. That's when I wore it, but I always carried it just in the vent for some reason I needed it. But I always carried the full kit because I wanted that full protection. It was heavy, yeah. it's hot, you sweat, but if I'm gonna go someplace, I want all of that protection. It, yeah. So now that we're talking about gear, it brought up so when I our patrol, anybody who has a field services for us is issued a upweight carrier now. Yeah, same with us. We just got them. And um I've thought about it before and it just made me bring it up. So for those people that are wearing their tack vest or their outer carrier vest and they have mm-hmm. pouches everywhere on it and they have essential equipment that they need to access on it. Now imagine that you got to throw a plate over that. Yeah. You're not going to be able to No, You can't um, access that. Can't. You know, maybe you can throw the plate over it, but you can't access that stuff. So yeah. th- th- think about what yeah. you're that kind Good of point. Stuff. That's a great I point. Would, I would even go f- next step and recommend that you just bought the shoulder pads yourself and put them on there. It's going to look ridiculous, but if you are in a position where you have to put a plate carrier on, it is not good. And you're concerned enough. Mm-hmm. Why not have additional padding on your arms? Maybe protect your side a little more, mm-hmm. maybe growing. I, I mean, you're getting a little crazy, a little weird looking, but at that point I think safety is paramount. Yeah. If you're ever in a situation where you have a choice of like, do I just throw my full kit on? Or do I, or do I throw the plate carrier on? Like I would always throw the full kit on because why wouldn't you? Right. Like if you're in that high of a threat of a situation, dude, I don't care if it's 110 degrees out. Like I would, I would always throw mine on. I'm not wearing just a little dinky ass plate carrier. If it's, if it's something that bad where I have to throw one or the other on, I'm choosing the one that's going to protect me the most. But but you're talking about, but we were also to, to a, we were given those. Yeah. And patrol guys don't have a full kit. Like, no, but you could you could piece one together. You could put you additional could. things on it. You could put a groin yeah. protector on there. I mean, you're talking shoulder pads. Whatever. Shoulder, I, it, you're going to look ridiculous, but yeah, well, I mean, and, that could mean and I know life or death. before my department issued out plate carriers, I bought my own plate carrier, and I only bought a front plate. To be honest, I was cheap at the time, <laughs> um, and I was like, well, I you know all like budgeting wise, I was like, yeah, I, I, I can get just one. <laughs> well, I guess one's better one's than one's better. And and for me, I was like ninety percent of the time I hopefully my face is towards this person that's <laughs> that's causing this yeah. immediate threat to me. <laughs> right. So uh, um you know that that's what I that was my theory behind it. That's where your brain was at. <laughs> it makes sense. It, it it does and it doesn't. I mean, like if you can't afford <laughs> two two, no, which I you get should it. be able to. We especially here in, in California, you should be able to. But I mean, like I had a beer budget, I guess at that point. <laughs> yeah, just a little bit higher. I was yeah. it was pre marriage, I think. Yeah, pre marriage. What What about the uh, the collars on ours? We ran huge collars that protected all of your neck, and I would see other teams not run a collar at all. They'd take them off. So, and that was crazy. Yeah. That's suicide to me. Yeah, uh, all I can say it. is that is because I've never I've never been on our our team, but I, I've most my my entire team now is all former um so from what they say is yeah cumbersome and you know and i think part of it was trying to look cool and yeah and all that and everything but there they they did have a mandate that came out and said hey if you're issued it you're gonna wear it and that was the the growing flap or the shoulder i think everyone wore shoulders everyone wore the you know shoulders and the front and back was if you're not wearing that like I think you have to, obviously, but uh, well, yeah, well, there's teams out there that that we 
trained with that did not. They just ran straight plate carriers. That's it. Just a plate carrier. And that's, I mean, that's better than nothing. And and like I know that our guys have plate carriers. They have a full kit. They have, I think, we're they're fortunate enough to have different options. Yeah. And it, for different circumstances. And like you said, a field search, We my team's gone out and done some very rural searches and stuff like that. And Or if you're a sniper and you're the observer, you don't need that full thing. You're deep. Yeah. yeah. You know? But... That's all I, I mean, that's really all I carry. We had access to additional equipment in the van that was kept at the station that would come out, but those are like very unique, special type weapons or tools. Mm. Yeah. Um, but yeah. You, would, you would only use that on, in a SWAT yeah. environment. I, I think every patrol officer should have a ram, bolt cutters, yeah. a laser pointer, and extra food. I like the laser pointer thing. Bro. I like the laser, and to go off the laser pointer, which I'm going to throw a, a little thing out here that a some people tip? might agree. <laughs> disagree and i didn't do this in patrol but knowing what i know now um if you have the ability to get a tyvek suit just a simple tyvek suit most departments have that ability to have them they're those white chemical suits mm. have just they're super you can pack that into any little small they pouch. gave us all those on during covid um god forbid it's the it's the worst case scenario and you got weapons of mass destruction you've got chemicals you got things like that or your your partner goes down in a in something that there's you don't know why they went down um nowadays fentanyl is huge fentanyl is huge and it's not necessarily a lab it's there's a white powdery substance that these people were were using and all of a sudden people start falling out i want everything that's available to me and we could get in a whole, I could do probably 10 hours on fentanyl and transdermal people's, a lot of say it is transdermal, which means it, it can absorb through your skin. Mm-hmm. It's not as, as deadly as people think through your skin. It's not like all of a sudden there's a, you know, say there's a fentanyl right here, white powdery substance and my hands go down here and oh my God, I'm fucked. Right. Yeah. I'm dying. But um, if you can have it and then, most if, departments are issuing gas masks of some sort. Mm-hmm. You should have that. Yeah, we um, have them. Cause, and, and then we're, we can go into it. I always wore long sleeve shirts. Um, you're not, you're not going to convince a bunch of cops to just wear long sleeve shirts all the time. You, you know what? Maybe I should. No, I, don't even I, try. I, we I just talked about sleeve. fentanyl being transdermal. We're talking about there's plenty of other chemicals out there. Uh, I've been bit before in my, I got, why well, I used to wear short sleeve shirts. I got bit right here. If I had a shirt on, it could have been got bit by what a person. Um, I wore yeah. short sleeve shirts in the summer and long sleeves in the winter. And I, I, I do like that. If I went back to patrol, I'd probably only wear long sleeves because tattoos and like you could be identified from it depends on what type of tattoos these cops have, mm-hmm. but jackets, I refuse to wear a jacket and I hated when cops wore jackets. I, it is so, they're puffy. It doesn't look professional. Yeah. It's restrictive. I don't care if it's freezing cold, where under, I, I mean, I don't work in a 10 degree environment, so it's different, but I did not, nor would I ever wear a jacket. I wore a jacket one time a year, and I was, if it was ice cold and we had to work through the New Year's, that was it. Yeah, well, I wear a jacket because I wear graves and it's fucking cold. I, I, but I make sure it like doesn't cover my duty belt. It's not in my way because I am picky about my jacket. Another thing to bring on that topic is gloves. I was on a call recently and I, one of the trainees was on the call and he had these gloves on. And I'm like, 
have you ever shot your gun with those gloves? And he's like, he's like, shit, no. Were they like, like winter? Like, no, they and, weren't like snow gloves, but yeah. I mean, they were gloves, you know, I mean, and I'm like, have you ever shot with that? And he's like, no. I'm like, well, you probably don't want to wear those if you haven't trained with your weapon with those because if you go to pull your gun out and you can't even get your finger in the trigger guard or you can't feel it <laughs> you can't feel yeah i mean if anything i told him lop the lop the trigger finger yeah. tip off um but that's another thing if you're wearing gloves and it's cold where you work like i get it but either a i hope you've trained with it or b cut the tips off because you want to be able to feel that i mean you have, don't you don't want to be wearing gloves and then not train it have you ever done an entry with your glass gas mask Yes, yeah. it's, I have. It's I, I had to do one. Miserable. It's that's, and if if you're ever in a situation that it's possible that you'd have to do it, just try it with your partners and everything because you can't hear things, you can't see shit, you can't you can't speak very well. Like it's hard. It's yeah. hot as fuck. Oh yeah, hot. Yeah. I hate. And typically, if you're going in with gas, that stuff. If you use hot gas, I mean your your skin's burning. So yep. long sleeves is good but it's going to burn your neck. Oh man. It kind of yeah. depends on the quality of the department's mask. You're not going to see really well. Mm-hmm. Your vision's obscured. Yeah. All that gas masks are terrible. The yeah. one thing, the, the very first appointment I was on, I was in a backyard. They're like, we're going to gas this house. And I was back and it was me, my partner. We were both brand new on the team and a, and a guy that's been on the team for like 12 years at that point. They start deploying gas. It comes out, and it we could see the the smoke and the, the gas coming to us. And I was like, "Hey, get your mask on." So he does it, and then it took a bit. And then I finally got mine on, and ended up ripping the strap because I was so frantic trying to get it on. And then I look, and the seasoned officer was like ten feet to the left, and the cloud just went right by him. <laughs> so like, you should practice and train putting a mask on how mm-hmm. to actually do that how to set the mask up so if you have to put it on immediately you're not fumbling because it, it looks easy but it's not easy it's not an easy thing and then you have a helmet and you got the helmet on like yeah, it's terrible and then hard. just to go on to to grooming standards and everything i know a lot of departments now are allowing goatees some beards. full beards and everything yeah. like that um if it you know gas like is not going to kill you no, for the most part, especially when you have a get, when you have a mask on, even if you don't have a great seal, you're probably going to be completely fine and be able to function. There are a lot of things out there that uh, if they get through that mask, you're you're going to die or you're going to have some major issues. So if you're if you're in a situation where you might need a mask, you probably should be fully groomed. That's a yeah, or you're going to tough it out because if I need you. And you're like, oh, I'm going to grow a beard because I can grow a beard on patrol. And then now you're like, hey, sorry, I can't put my mask on. I'm going to be pissed. But you're talking, <laughs> yeah. you're talking about, yeah, you're talking about hot gas. Now I'm talking about um, oh, a chemical agent, a chemical agent of some sort. Now, now I got to be honest, it's my- rare. And I don't know of any documented where it's happened, but everything's, this world's getting worse every single day. If I was in a, today, if I was in a city and that happened, I will tell you my car would be pointed eastbound at 110 miles an hour, and I'd be going home. Yeah. Well, like, that's that's what the decision that I would be making because my family is now the most important. If a catastrophic event happened, it got to that point, my family is more important, and mm-hmm. I'm taking that car, and I'm going home. Yep. And it's I, – I apologize to the guys on my team, all of that, but I know that they have the same mindset, and they would be doing the same. Yeah. 
and, and, and the small teams are different. Yeah. But, um, you know, and, and that segues into, you know, I've had a couple specialty spots and the equipment has gone from, at one point I, I had a, a truck with a, with a camper shell basically on the back and it, I filled the bed of that truck up with equipment. So I could go on for, I, the stuff that I had was, so I was on a narcotics team, but part of my narcotics team was a clan clandestine lab response team. So, um, I had to respond to narc labs and, and most of the time they were very not dangerous. I would say, I guess that's the word I'm looking for. Not dangerous. Well, but, to me, but, it would be dangerous, but for you, you well, you'd potentially, I mean, yeah, you know, meth lab, fentanyl lab, it could be anything like that. So I had all the PP and the personal protective equipment that I could possibly need. And that was, you know, Tyvek suit. I had two different levels of Tyvek suit. I had a uh, chem tape, which is duct tape. Like they'll call it <laughs> chem tape. It's there is chem tape and you can spend four times the amount duct tapes, the same thing, uh, you know, gloves, different types of gloves, rubber boots. I had masks. I didn't carry a, uh, air pack or SCBA like the fire department has. We had that in an equipment vehicle and, and it's, it's similar to what, what SWAT would have is, you know, you had the stuff that, Hey, you need right away in your own personal stuff. Other than that, there's a vehicle that shows up that, uh, that has, that all, has the all the equipment. Mm-hmm. So hopefully, and, and and SWAT and a clan lab are so different. I mean, obviously, but the response is so different. SWAT, a lot of the time, is very, very fast and very rapid. Hey, we have a threat, and we need to eliminate that threat. When it comes to, to laboratories, it's like, hey, well, once everyone gets here, we'll talk, we'll have a briefing, everyone will suit up, we'll talk, we'll drink some water, hang out. <laughs> You know, talk about what could go wrong, talk about all this, and pretty soon, four hours later, you're you're doing what you're doing. So the emergency side of it's different, but having that equipment there with you is, is always huge, I would say, for, for the lab thing. And masks, having, having a, a good mask, patrol, whatever, always have that. The mask, the eye yeah. protection? We eye doing- protection, eye protection gloves, uh, ears, all that stuff. People could spit at you. Oh, you go into a weed grove, like all the spores in your eyes, like good eye protection. Yeah. I, so I did uh, rural weed grows and I did it in, in, in um, home weed grows a lot too. And the molds, obviously people walk into <laughs> yeah, a weed grow and be like, oh yeah, it's just a bunch of weed. There's plants growing inside of a house. No big deal. It's That is a super moldy uh, situation. And then people go in the fields, weed grows and this California. So we probably have a little bit more than some people out there. Um, those grows have, uh, pesticides and stuff in them that you don't see in, in normal farming and mm. stuff like that. Um, carbofuran is one of them and people, people have died from it. Is it, a, is it like a powder or what is that? It's a, it's like a, it's like a roundup or a, it's a pesticide to spray on the to plant. spray on the plants to keep the bugs away, mm. not Roundup, obviously, but yeah, yeah the, uh, the style. It, it's a it's a pest. It's a liquid. It, it's yeah, it can be liquid. It can be it's it's a, and it's banned. I think I, you can't go buy it at Home Depot. But, but we know these marijuana growers are getting their, their hands on that stuff. I mean, yeah, you go out to these grows and that that stuff, the ground is littered with that. Yeah. Crap. So if you if you're a sergeant, a supervisor of some sort, and you're like, hey, we got this weed grow. It could be in someone's backyard. It could be ten plants there could be a substance in there that you don't know and you'll never know until it could be five years. And all of a sudden you got that third leg growing or 
or your vision's getting messed <laughs> your visions up. or you have a cough or something like that yeah so you know it's the the silent killers that are huge well people rush into a weed girl thinking ah it's just it's, it's just, just a weed. weed girl it's just weed but really looking and i mean you've seen a lot of it we did a lot of entries on them too there is a ton of chemicals and it is nuts mm. to see the bathtubs filled with chemicals yeah. 50 gallon drums with chemicals and mm. people are just walking through and just kicking spore all that that's yeah even outdoor grows it's dangerous like that's what i'm saying is that the carboferrin is not it's not normally an indoor thing no um it's your larger like farm grows and stuff like that but it's and it's it's there it can be and it's not usually you're not going to come across a container that says carboferrin either you're not gonna be able to read you're gonna come across (laughs) it and and you're not gonna smell it you're not gonna taste it you're not gonna know anything it's just one of those things where it's just there and it could be as simple as your uh what is it n95 mask Mm -hmm. that that can help i would personally i'd want everything that i can get the p100 at least more yeah full full mask with the you know eye protection eyes you know it's a mucous membrane is where we're getting attacked with that that kind of stuff is what's hitting you and your eyes are a mucous membrane your nose and your mouth so interesting um when you're talking about something that's an aerial yeah you have glasses hopefully protective so, eyewear that will stop it like this but i my i didn't wear goggles would you recommend wearing a for a, a responding patrol officer to go to a call that happens to have a, to come across a weed girl would you wear your gas mask inside um i would wear at least um those filtered uh cartridge filtered face masks what about your eyes? Just something eyes. Good. I would wear something good on my eyes. It's a lot less likely this can come to your eyes. But and again, I'm saying that you're going to respond to weed grow, and you're not going to be like, "Oh, it could be a potential weed grow." I'm going to wear my gas mask. I'm going to wear that. You're going to walk in. You're like, "Oh shit, it's a weed grow." Yeah, totally. Seen so. safe. Got the guy in custody. Let's not hang out in there and talk about what's going on here. Let's not look for the gun, the the money, the cell phones. Let's go. Hey, let's move out. It's safe. And if you have access to a, a lab team, if not, if it's a patrol thing, then, then, Hey, we'll get out, talk about it. Long sleeve shirts. Definitely then at the minimum and gloves, you know, cover up your skin the best you can <laughs> and then go in there hats. Sometimes it's a, a full hood. It, it all, it all, it's 99% of the time. It means nothing. And you're just hot and sweaty and you didn't need it. But you might, you know, but that one percent, yeah, you never know. Yeah, I'd like to talk about a couple of things or things you should not carry in your bag or your car or what you should be aware of, because you know this. There's those people that carry stuff that might not be appropriate because they want to play pranks and stuff. You should not carry that. <laughs> well, stuff I in mean, your pranks car. are good, you know. Like morale. Yeah. It's also very important that people realize that equipment issued by the department, whatever it is, your MDT your cell phone that some departments that's that's free game mm-hmm. um while you're at work and and say for instance that you're on your phone we most of us wear body-worn cameras now and you see it could be as simple as hey i'm on my way to that call and it's it's a it's a text or something like that 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 phone of yours is completely subpoenable at that point and so be careful what you're doing yeah i mean all of huge. us I, I, I'd say 90, maybe 99.9% don't, 
don't want people going through their phone, like in general. Yeah. It's, just a, it's a it's a personal thing. Yeah, you it's know? personal. Like, it's so be careful because that that ca- that has come up, and I know of it coming up. So if you have if you have a work phone issue to you, I'm I'm bad about it. Use it the best that you can. Use it as much as you can when it comes to work related stuff. But because the courts have even ruled that if you have a work phone and you have a personal phone, they could still PRA your personal phone if you have it at work it depends though if you're if you're you can say i'm using it and it's as emergency for my oh, wife to call me but now you're on body one camera and it's showing Texting or something you sending a text that's work related oh yeah um, talking to somebody on the phone saying oh yeah this case you know i'm going here whatever now that's all they could be like subpoenable take your phone dump it yeah, you just don't want that happening. I mean, you just it, whether don't. you don't, whether you have inappropriate stuff on there or not, like that's still invasion of your own personal privacy outside of work. Like I wouldn't want that, and I don't. I know none of you would want that. My so my wife's it's a good point. My wife's name and pictures on there a thousand times. Yeah, your wife and kids. I'm guessing are my all wife and kids. They're all on there, right? Yeah. Do you want that? Do you want to go in front of Johnny Dirtbag? Oh. or Mary Dirtbag and a jury of 12 and them to pull up a picture of you, no. you know, hanging around your wife. No, I, I, I don't want my wife, my kids. I don't want them associated with me in any which way when it comes to work. So be smart about be it. Be smart about it. And you talked about them gathering evidence. And during that situation, I've been in way less of a situation where CSI comes out and they take pictures of everything, uh, what you're wearing, pictures of your vehicle, what equipment you have on your belt mm-hmm. stuff like that where you know may not seem like that big of a deal to you it could be the t-shirt that you're wearing if you're not if you're in an undercover capacity or something of that part the front of your vehicle is big in pursuits especially when you talk to you talk about an unmarked capacity where my car's vehicle's unmarked but it's fully light sirens and hmm. per california po code and uh, forward facing red light and a siren. You <laughs> Did you say penal code? It's vehicle code. Is it vehicle code? Yeah. Oh well. I don't know much about the vehicle code. Damn deputy. Um, no, <laughs> he doesn't he doesn't need to know that stuff though. The, shop, the shop guys need to know. When uh someone <laughs> when you see uh red lights flashing behind you and a siren, pull over, please. To the yeah. right. Don't pull over to the middle. Yeah. Um, or just stop right where you're yeah, at. Exactly. Um so they take pictures of all that. That's all yeah. equipment that you need to be aware of and you need to go and you Every once in a while, if not every day, turn on your lights, turn on your siren, make sure they work because God knows someone goes and they're like, I didn't see your lights. And all of a sudden it was, you had wigwags going and your whole wigwags are the headlights usually flashing, but the whole top of your top light bar didn't work. Yeah. And the whole time you're thinking they did because you see the lights off your back, off the front, doesn't matter. Yeah. Someone's like, I didn't pull over for him because I didn't think he was a real cop. Yeah. Good point. True. Yeah. Anyways. I don't know how I got there with that. I don't know. That's pretty know. cool. Like that how, good, that's pretty cool how I can like move transcend <laughs> yeah. beyond topics. Segway. <laughs> Equipment. Yeah. All right. Um I guess we'll we let's wrap it up and um hopefully we gave you guys like a breakdown of I don't know what, what we use, our gear, what we use, what we use on our, our specialty assignments that <clears throat> either we were in or are currently in. Um you know, I don't know. Hopefully, you guys like that. But anything else? Full speed. Send it. Send it. <laughs> Wake up tomorrow and make it better. 
Well, this is all getting edited out, so yeah. we can say whatever the fuck we want right now. No, no it's not. Yeah, better. Well, send it. Yeah. <laughs> What's wrong with send it? <laughs> oh. One, two, three. Send it. <laughs> Jesus. <laughs> go big or go home. I guess. Fuck. <laughs> This thing's I hope you guys enjoy the blooper reel at some point. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, all right. All right. All right. All right. Thanks guys for tuning in again. Um, if you guys want a particular topic discuss again, obviously let us know. You can always hit it, hit us up. Um, Billy's Instagram, Billy shots fired podcast. We're still working on Mark. I'll get getting us so- social media. <laughs> um, you can follow me on Instagram. Kyle underscore Schoberg. And yeah, um, thank you, and we'll see you guys again next time. Later. Later. Send it. <laughs> yeah, what's wrong with send it, dude? You ever heard that? Hey, we're out of shot fired. Copy additional shot fired. Shot fired, shot fired. Shooting at us. Shooting at officer.